This is episode 25 of the Joyful Movement Show, and today we're discussing willpower. It's a commonly held belief that in order to change our habits, we need to employ willpower, but I'm here to tell you how doing that is actually causing you to feel less motivated. So stay tuned. Hi there. Welcome to the Joyful Movement Show. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, mom, recovering dieter, and founder of Radiant Vitality Wellness. As a personal trainer with my own story of body acceptance, I've seen firsthand how diet culture influences the fitness industry and the damage it causes the women I work with, keeping them on the start, stop cycle, struggling to find motivation. It's now my mission to empower women to break free from torturous exercise, restrictive eating, and body shame. Stick with me and I'll help you discover what moves you so that you can tap into that burning motivation deep inside yourself and experience joyful movement, peace with food, and feel confident in your own skin. Are you ready? Let's lace up our runners, pop the earbuds in, and go for a walk while we chat. Well, hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Joyful Movement Show. So happy that you're here hanging out with me. If you're tuning in for the first time, thanks for dropping by. I'm Kim, personal trainer and registered holistic nutritionist, and I'm on a mission to debunk all the fitness culture messaging that I feel is contributing to people feeling stuck when it comes to moving their bodies. Motivation is such a huge struggle for people. I mean, we all want to move more or feel that we should, but finding the motivation to do it is so hard. So it's my goal to help shed some light on why we have the struggles that we do so we can make the mindset changes needed to get the results that we're after. I think stuck is the feeling I hear most often from women in my world. Stuck between all or nothing, stuck not knowing what to do or how, stuck not feeling motivated. And when it comes down to it, getting unstuck and having a consistent movement practice is a change in behavior for most of us. I recognize that's not the case for everyone listening to this show, but for those for whom it's not been a regular habit, then to make it become one requires behavioral change. And behavioral change is hard. If you've ever tried to quit a habit or start a new one, then you know just how difficult that can be. Whether you've quit smoking, or you have tried to become more organized, or to stop biting your nails, or to try and start meditating, stopping a habitual behavior or embracing a new one takes a lot of practice, a lot of focus, and a lot of mental strength. And moving our body is no different. For folks who don't necessarily like exercise or haven't had good experiences with it in the past, finding the motivation to create a consistent movement habit is an uphill battle to say the least. So what do we do whenever we're trying to quit something or create a new habit? Well, we use willpower. And the American Psychological Association defines willpower as the ability to resist short-term gratification in pursuit of long-term goals or objectives. In other words, we resist the desire to curl up on the couch and watch Netflix to go to the gym. We sacrifice our Sunday morning sleep-in time to get up and go for a run. We miss out on date night with our partner to have a date with our personal trainer all with the intention that the long-term gains are going to be worth the short-term sacrifices. But the question I want to ask is, does it work? 
does willpower actually work to help us create lasting behavioral change and help us cultivate the motivation to move more? My personal experience as a personal trainer leads me to say no right away. In all my years working with clients, I have witnessed willpower run out more times than I can count. I've actually observed a really predictable pattern around this that I've coined the start-stop cycle. Let me explain. It always starts out with this desire to get fit or move more. And at that moment, motivation is high. The person embarks on the new program, all in, full of determination and grit, completely devoted to their goals. But somewhere along the way, things start to feel hard. Maybe it's a lot to try to fit into your schedule, or they've set the bar so high for themselves, or their body starts to hurt and their energy levels tank. So then motivation starts to dwindle. And at that point, they need to either rely on willpower, or often that's when they'll come to me asking for me to hold them accountable. And willpower, the accountability, you know, that might work for a little bit, but not for long. And eventually they'll start to slack. I have that in air quotes because that's not what I think is going on. That's the words that they use. They'll start missing a workout here or taking an extra rest day there and then maybe a little more. And soon they start to feel like they're reverting to old habits and that they're getting behind or losing what they've gained. And they worry that the next time they work out, it's going to be so hard because they're starting all over again. And that's scary and not motivating at all. So then they quit until they feel so bad about themselves and eventually feel the need to start it all over again. Those are my observations. And perhaps you can relate. And I don't bring this up to make anyone feel bad about themselves at all. When I see a pattern like this so often, though, it makes me feel curious. Like, this clearly can't be about willpower itself, or your own personal lack of mental strength, or we wouldn't see it happen so often. It wouldn't be a cycle that I coined a term for. As a personal trainer, then, my responsibility isn't to hold you accountable or to help you build up your mental toughness. If willpower isn't working, then it's my job to go to the research and figure out why. So I can help you figure out a new way to do things that's going to get you the result you want. So what does the research say about willpower? Well, quite a bit, actually. There was a classic study called the Ego Depletion Study done in 1998, which sought to discover how employing willpower affected our self-regulation and our executive functioning. So executive functioning, if that's a new term for you, is the ability to work through a task by staying focused and following steps to move from beginning to end. So in this study, students were placed in a room filled with the aroma of fresh baked cookies. And on the table in the room sat a bowl of these said cookies and also a bowl of radishes. Why radishes? I don't know. Some of the students in the study were allowed to eat the cookies, but the others had to avoid them and could only eat from the bowl of radishes. Then they were all asked to work on a puzzle that was designed to be unsolvable, and they were timed to see how long they could attend to the task before giving up. Now, the students who were allowed to eat the cookies kept working on the puzzle for an average of 19 minutes. 
about the same length of time as people in the control group who didn't get snacks at all and no exposure to the cookie smell. The group of students, on the other hand, who got only radishes struggled more with the puzzle test and they lasted just eight minutes before they quit in frustration. So that's less than half the time as the kids who are allowed to eat the cookies. So the students who weren't able to eat the cookies had to employ willpower to work through the task of doing the puzzle. And what they found is that not only did their willpower run out and they became frustrated, but they also noticed some distinct physiological changes with these kids. Their heart rate showed some variabilities and there were changes in their nervous system. The students reported that time seemed to move more slowly and also their blood glucose dropped. They literally had less strength and energy than the kids who got to eat the cookies. The authors of the study called this effect ego depletion, ego referring to that part of our mind that we draw upon when we're using willpower, and said it revealed a fundamental fact about the human mind, which is that we all have a limited supply of willpower, and it decreases with overuse. Eating a radish when you're surrounded by fresh baked cookies represents this epic feat of self-denial and one that really wears you out physiologically and mentally. The researchers concluded that willpower draws down our mental energy and it's like a muscle that can be exercised to the point of exhaustion. Now I found this fascinating myself because I can so clearly recall the feeling of complete exhaustion and depletion I felt when I've been when I've used willpower in the past to do something. I thought it was because I was just putting so much mental energy into the thing and I felt like it was sucking the life out of me, but actually was quite literally draining my energy physically too. Now, this study obviously is old. It was from 1998. So it has come under significant scrutiny over the years. Many researchers since have found flaws in the study and have found evidence to suggest the findings aren't true or accurate. And to tell you the truth, as I was doing my research for this podcast, I found myself in a very deep rabbit hole full of contradictory information. For every study validating the original one, there seemed to be another one saying it was not reliable. So is willpower or eagle depletion real or not? I'm not sure. It got a little overwhelming trying to figure that out. Based on my personal experience, I'd say, yeah, willpower doesn't work. But here's another possibility to consider. What if we didn't even need willpower? What if this whole conversation is irrelevant? Here's my take on the whole thing. Here's what I mean about this. When I think of willpower, I define it as using mental strength to force myself to do something I really don't enjoy doing or want to do in hopes that it will help me meet my goal and I'll feel better in some way. Or that if I just buck up and do this thing for long enough, eventually it would become a habit and maybe I'll learn to enjoy it. Or once I see the results or I see the payoff, the cost will be worth the price. So whether this ego depletion phenomenon is real or not, here's my personal opinion as to why willpower isn't getting you anywhere and how it's not helping your motivation level. It's because you're engaging in undesirable action and hoping that doing so will make you feel better 
or that it will change your opinion about exercise or even about yourself. But that's exactly backwards because our feelings are created by our thoughts, not by our actions. We can't will ourselves to try new things with the expectation that it'll change our feelings. Our thoughts have to change first. Now, Benjamin Hardy is the author of a book called Willpower Doesn't Work. He says the willpower approach doesn't focus on changing your environment, but instead on increasing personal efforts to overcome the current environment. And that really made a lot of sense to me. He goes on to state that what ends up happening is eventually you succumb to your environment despite your greatest efforts to resist. So when I thought about that, I felt as though the environment that he speaks of that we are trying to overcome in this situation is fitness culture, which depending on our history, greatly influences our mindset about movement. Fitness culture is rich with rules and shoulds and shouldn'ts, rights and wrongs. For many of us, fitness culture leads us into very rigid thinking, all or nothing type thinking about what movement needs to look like in order to get it right. So we employ willpower to try to do this thing the right way to follow all the rules and fit into the fitness culture environment as we've interpreted it. But willpower ultimately fails because it's too much like punishment. Now, Hardy goes on to say that the very fact that willpower is required comes from two fundamental mindset mistakes. The first is that you don't know what you want and thus have this internal confliction going on. And two, you haven't committed to something and created the conditions that facilitate your commitment. So let's back up and unpack this a little bit. Number one, you don't know what you want, so thus are internally conflicted. Now you might be thinking, well, of course I know what I want. I want to exercise every day and get fit and healthy. But is that really what you want? Or do you just want to feel better in your body? Is it possible that you're assuming that hardcore exercise every day and getting fit is the one and only way to achieve health? Is it possible that there are other ways to feel good in your body besides falling into the no pain, no gain trap? If you look deeper than the surface desire to your real why for wanting to move more, I think you'll see that you're using willpower to make yourself do things you don't really like. And these actions don't even line up with what you actually want. And your brain feels that dissonance. Your brain knows you want to feel better but it sees you torturing yourself and says, this is not working. And then number two, which is that you haven't committed to the thing you want and created the conditions to facilitate the commitment. You've perhaps committed to a fitness regime in the past, but you haven't committed to the real desire of feeling better in your body. And here's the thing. Once you've made that commitment, it's so much more empowering you can begin to identify the barriers to your success and then problem solve realistic strategies to overcome them. So you want to feel better in your body. Well, how can you change your mindset about what's required to feel better? What's been getting in the way of you feeling this way in the past? What small things would you enjoy doing that will contribute to feeling good in your body? 
What could you really realistically commit to each day that moves you in the direction of feeling better in your body? How can you set yourself up to be more successful? And here's the really cool part of this is that once you feel more successful, you'll also feel more motivated. Having thoughts that you're doing well and enjoying yourself contribute to the feeling of motivation. And before you know it, movement then becomes a regular, consistent habit that you won't even need to think about. The start-stop cycle will be a thing of the past. See, relying on willpower alone to accomplish goals is almost like relying on an emergency brake when you're driving your car. It might do the job in a rare short-term emergency situation, but it's bound to fail if you rely on it consistently and can result in a serious crash. So it shouldn't be your default. Rather, just try to focus on things that drive you forward towards your goal steadily. Now, going back to motivation, hopefully now you can see why willpower will never work to help you feel more motivated. At its root, willpower is all about using mental strength to override the negative thoughts we have about exercise and ourselves and just get through it. But the only way to cultivate motivation is to create positive thoughts about the experience. Now, motivation is my favorite topic and something I could talk about all day. I've spent a lot of time researching motivation and how to cultivate it because it's the biggest struggle I see in my world as a personal trainer. So if you're wanting to deep dive into the science behind motivation and how you can make it work for you, I invite you to go grab the recording of the webinar I recently did called Motivation That Moves Me. I got into all the factors that contribute to the feeling of motivation and the things that kill it and laid out the steps you need to take to make motivation your friend. I even created a great workbook with journaling questions to really get you reflecting on the mindset shifts you can make personally to start feeling more motivated. It really was a great workshop and you can download the recording off my website, which is www.radiantvitalitywellness.ca slash motivation webinar. I'd really love to hear your thoughts. If you do watch it, shoot me a message. If you have any questions or aha moments, And as always, if you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend or take a moment to leave a review over on iTunes. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you have a great week with lots of opportunities for joyful movement. Until next week, be well, and here's to your radiant vitality. Hey, before you go, I just want to tell you how grateful I am for you. It means the world to me that you're part of our Radiant Vitality community. I've got a free gift for you. Head on over to my website and download The Motivation Secret, the simple mindset shift that will get you off the start-stop cycle for good. The link is in the show notes. And hey, if you enjoy this podcast, the greatest gift you could give me is to leave a review or share this episode with a friend. Your shares and reviews help move our show up the rankings on the podcast directories so that it can be seen by more women just like you who are ready for something different with fitness. Bye for now, friend.